Now we go quickly um, to Acts 11 to 18, sorry, Acts chapter 14, verse 11 to 18. The listeners and the witnesses to this miracle, people were witnessing this miracle, they were really um, amazed, some of them, but some of them tried to make life very difficult for Paul and Barnabas. Um, but in this particular situation, it was quite interesting because they now turn, try to turn Paul and Barnabas into gods, you know. The, uh, Paul and Barnabas, of course, objected. Um, again, there's a lot we can say about this, but I want to run um, into another section. And then Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas begin to preach the word of God into their lives. Um, and then it results in more persecution for Paul. He was stoned to the point where he looked like he was dead. This is in verse 19 to 20. But then miraculously, he stands up. Can you imagine you're stoned? Stoned to the point of looking like you're dead. And then he miraculously stands up and continues with Barnabas to another city. Like, this is business as usual, you know? So um, they spend time teaching the word of God in Darbe, again, still in Galatia, making disciples, and then they go back to Antioch, and they testify of all that the Lord has done through them and the doors that he had opened. I really urge you to read these chapters because it's so hard to go through verse by verse, but they contain a lot of lessons for us. Let's move on to chapter 15, Acts chapter 15. Um, Verse, uh, we start with verse one, actually. Acts chapter 15. And this, the, the majority, of, I mean, the big portion of this chapter is really about um, a subject that came up over and over again in the early church. Um, it rose, you know, it was a question about circumcision. And circumcision to the Jews was not really just a physical thing, but it was really about their identity. It was how they connected to Abraham. They, they were really proud of this lineage that they had in Abraham. Um, now, whenever the New Testament refers to circumcision, it's not just talking about the physical act of circumcision, it's talking about keeping the laws of the Old Testament or the Old Covenant. And the Old Testament or the Old Covenant had more than 600 laws, starting with the Ten Commandments, which most of you are familiar with, but they kept on being added and added and added and went to over 600 commands. Okay? So basically, the way it worked is that if you want to be approved by God, or if you want to be blessed by God, you had to keep all those commandments. And if you didn't, then you ended up in God's bad books, or you ended up uh, being cursed, suffering curses. Now, the good news, the very, very good news is that when Jesus came and died and rose again, he abolished this system. Thank you, Lord. He really abolished the system, and then he replaced it with what we call the new covenant, the new system of relating to God, where God blesses you and works with you based on grace. Amen? Based on grace, because of what Jesus Christ did, rather than, <clears throat> rather than on keeping the law. And this was a radical message. If you read this chapter, <clears throat> it was so radical that these guys had to actually go to the council in Jerusalem to argue their case. Um, because there was a lot of opposition to this new teaching, this new covenant. Um, the, again, you know, the Jews were used to the old system and the old covenant, and they didn't understand it. They kept missing it. If you look at verse 5, for example, Acts chapter 15, verse 5, it says, some believers, Acts 15, verse 5, it says, some believers who belong to the party of the Pharisees rose up and says, it is necessary to circumcise them, that is the, the Gentiles, in order for them um, and to order them to keep the laws of Moses. Now, this might seem a bit distant and far, but really, this is actually something that happens even today in our church. It may not be necessarily about circumcision, but it's really about 
um, the observance of many laws and regulations in order to please God, what we call religious, um, the religious spirit, having this um, need to continuously please God um, and really just obtain favor from God based on what you are doing. So you look at someone who's praying really hard, fasting really hard, um, um, and uh, doing all these religious observances, and you think this man will be blessed by God compared to somebody who is not. Thanks be to Jesus, we don't work on that system anymore. It's good to pray, it's good to fast, but we need to do it for the right reasons. It's not to obtain favor from God. There's a song, you know, um, Trina is here, I think. She wrote um, that last section of the song. Was it you? <laughs> okay, there is something that really captured my attention about stop these negotiations with God. That's really inspired because too many times when you want something from God, you begin to negotiate with him. And you're like, look at what I've done in the last few days. I've fasted, I've prayed, I've done all these wonderful things. Now, can you deliver? <laughs> so that's, that, that verse was, you know, it stood out for me. Stop these negotiations with God. God doesn't work on a negotiation business, on a negotiation, negotiation basis anymore. Yeah? Um, and, you know, your works will not really impress him. If you're going to try and impress God based on your works, you are going to have a very, very, very difficult time because it is impossible to please God based on works. The only way to please God is by faith. Faith pleases God. Okay? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2, and this is just one verse, but there are very many other verses that says God has already blessed us in every, with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus because of what Jesus has done in heavenly places. And this is good news. This is really what the gospel of Jesus Christ is, a, is about. So when Paul defends the gospel in Acts chapter 15, verse 10 to 12, um, and let me just read this because it's, it contains so much truth. Acts chapter 15, verse 10 to 12. Acts 15, verse 10 to 12. So this is Paul defending the gospel in front of the council in Jerusalem. He says, Acts 15, Verse 10 to 12, okay? Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples, that's the new disciples, that neither your fathers nor we have been able to bear? So in the Old Testament, no one could actually fulfill the requirements of the law. And by the way, neither can you or I. You know, you might start off by saying, okay, at least the Ten Commandments. But Jesus you know, in his attempt to really get people to understand, he elevated the Ten Commandments to a very, very high level. People thought it's just a matter of do not kill. But he says, anytime you're angry with your brother, you have actually killed him. Do not commit adultery. He says, anytime it passes through your mind, you have actually committed adultery. It's impossible to please God and to meet God's requirement based on standards and regulations of the law. Okay, so then in verse uh, 11 says, but we believe that we are saved. In other words, we are healed, we are delivered, we are prospered, we are forgiven. All these things that we receive from God, we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, just as these Gentiles will be, okay, just as they will. And all the assembly fell silent and listened to the Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them amongst the Gentiles. You notice they emphasize the signs and wonders. Whenever you preach the true 
gospel of Jesus Christ, they will be accompanied by signs and wonders. And the fact that they, the signs and wonders were seen amongst the Gentiles means the Gentiles were actually hearing the real message, the good news. So friends, as I conclude, let me just say this. We can't have relationship with God and get to know God through this new system, through this new covenant that we celebrated this afternoon uh, or this, um, this morning with, uh, with the Holy Communion, the Articles of the Holy Communion. And the reason why the Lord told us to do this over and over and over again is to remind us that we are in a different system. We are in a system that doesn't depend on negotiations and deals with God, but a system that depends on receiving and believing that God has given us grace and favor and then acting based on that. Okay, so God's grace and love flow through us freely because of uh, what Jesus has done. Jesus actually kept the law on my behalf and on your behalf. He took on all my sins. He took on all your sins. He was punished on our behalf, punished on our behalf, and now we are raised with him and we are seated in heavenly places with him. Hallelujah. We are seated in heavenly places with him. You know, somebody might be sitting here and saying, but I'm seated here, um, not in heavenly places. Yes, your body might be here, but if you're a born-again believer, if you're believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, your positioning has changed. You are seated with Christ. Um, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, and there are many similar scriptures that say this. It says, as he is, so are you in this world. So you have his authority, you have his mark of approval, you have the blessings that are in him. As he is, so are you. What you need to do is just learn how to receive, how to take these truths in your heart and actually active, active, activate them in your lives. We are now in Christ, we also receive the blessings that are really, really rich and abundant in Christ. In him, all the promises are yes and amen. Let's give a hand of applause for our Lord Jesus Christ, really. You know, sometimes we, particularly people who've been Christians for long, we kind of, we know these things and we end up taking them for granted, if you see what I mean. You know, we become familiar with them to the point that, okay, I've had that, I know that. But I think it's important that we refresh ourselves over and over again so that these things don't just become familiar things we hear, but they become ingrained in us. You know, if I say you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, that means you have the same authority that Christ has. Now, if I come to you and I say, for example, that, you know, I want you to believe with me. I'm believing God for 50 million shillings. I want you to pray with me. You know what most people think? They sit there and they think, you know, I don't even have 500,000 shillings. And this woman is asking me to believe God for 50 million? Do you know what that actually means? That means you have just, in, a, in your mind, you've shifted away from this positioning you have with Christ and you're still thinking in the old system. You're thinking it's about you and your abilities and what you have. The minute you are resituated, you are, your positioning is changed. You have the same authority and power that sits in the Lord Jesus Christ. So even when we talk about praying for one another, it's not about the people who up here have more power or more, um, how do we say, more anointing, yes, <laughs> more anointing. 
or, or, or you know, there are men and women like, like you. In fact, the Bible takes, talks about that. We are men just like you. We are, we are men and women just like you, having the same situations, the same difficulties. But this power and this ability is available to anyone who believes. And the gospel of Jesus Christ works to anyone who is able to actually believe. Amen? Amen. So let me just give this opportunity as I close. If anyone has never really changed their position or believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation or for healing, um, this is a good opportunity really for us to, to just pray you into the kingdom of God. Anyone here in that situation? One person or two people or three people, um, really, the, it, just, it just makes a difference in your life. Um, when Marvin actually got uh, born again last week, um, he went home and he received certain breakthroughs, major breakthroughs actually, he mentioned. Yeah? There were certain breakthroughs. He was so excited actually, he called me in the course of the week. There were certain things he was believing God for. And he went home and they happened. He got major breakthroughs. So the change in situation will affect and will actually be seen. Amen? Amen. So that invitation is available to anyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. You can change your situation. Okay. Um, so I end the service uh, with a word of prayer. And, uh, you know, you can have a cup of tea and say hello to someone. And just share with someone how this teaching has touched you, um, what you have learned from this teaching. It would be a good thing to just share with someone. Um, because it helps. You know, when we talk about things, that is part of actually declaration and speaking. It's part of how our faith is activated. When we share testimonies and we share um, revelations, it's one of the ways in which our faith is activated. So we are more than uh, welcome to have um, a cup of tea. Remember, next week, no service. There is no service next week here, but there is, uh, we're going to be worshiping together at um, Kampala International Church Heritage, uh, Kampala International Church at Makindia Country Club. If you want to go, please register your name because we are organizing transport. There's going to be a shuttle going back and forth, free of charge. I keep emphasizing that. All you need to be here is that the times are located. And if you look at the sheet at the back, it will tell you what times are located. You just need to be here. We shall take you there and we shall bring you back. Um, and the idea is uh, we want to share together and witness the baptism of the believers that we have here in our congregation, as well as theirs, because they're also baptizing people. It's a very big celebration in our Christian body. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Let's pray. Let's stand up um, in honor of the Lord and just pray together. So just think about the truths that I've spoken and how they speak into your situation. Just talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord in tongues, in um, prayer, in just speak to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for the power of your word. Hallelujah. Thank you that your word never fails, that you are a faithful God, and that we can stand on your promises. We can stand on your word. Hallelujah. Lord, I just want to 
um, together with the congregation gathered here, just want to pray in faith that your word will sink into the hearts um, of everyone gathered here, that um, their needs, their challenges may be touched by your word, and that your spirit will transform them. Lord, we thank you for feeding us with your word this morning. Thank you for your ever-present spirit that provides us with power. Thank you for the worship service this morning that was so, so much in tune with the subject. Thank you that in you we can have victory, true victory, that you are our defender in times of trouble, that we can look to you in faith and in trust and we will never be disappointed that you cannot be shaken and neither can we. Thank you that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And so I pray a blessing over everyone here this morning. I just pray that, Lord, as they walk into this coming week, that you have gone ahead of them, prepared the way, because you are a way maker. Hallelujah. You are a miracle worker. You keep your promises, and you lighten up our darkness. Thank you for blessing us with every spiritual blessing. We stand on your word. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen and amen.